One of the things that I really love about our faith is the way that it's able to navigate through and avoid a lot of the situations where we think something has to be either or, and thinking in, in that way, we, we can get ourselves into trouble, but how often the beauty of our faith shows us that when it comes to the Lord, things that we think can only be this way or that way, one or the other, in fact, in God, he, he makes more things possible. A, a couple examples of this. In the life of the early church, the huge debate, the question was, is Jesus God or man? And there were a lot of people who said, well, he's God, but there's no way that he could be man. God wouldn't do that. He wouldn't come down and take on our flesh. That's just too, too much beneath him. There were others who said, Jesus is a man, but there's no way that he's God. But what the Lord reveals, what the church believes is, he's both. It's not either or, but both. And he is both fully God and fully man. Another example, is God all-powerful and universal, or is he close and personal? Again, the world might say, well, you can have one or the other, but you can't have both. But in what the Lord reveals and what the church believes is he is both. At the same moment, all-powerful, but as close to us as dwelling within our very hearts. How about this one? This one is a real common one. People will ask you, well, what do you let guide your life? Faith or reason? Which is it? The false idea that it can only be one or the other, when in fact it's both and. It's not a matter of having to choose one or the other. We believe that in God's plan, both faith and reason work beautifully together. So those are examples of the things that that when, when we're able to think as God thinks, we, we steer clear of those traps. One that maybe you've, you've had people ask you that, that kind of, again, is thinking it can only be one or the other. People will say, well, why, why do Catholics, when it comes to being forgiven, why do you go to a priest instead of to God? Maybe you've been asked that question. The question itself assumes it can only be one or the other. Either you're going to God alone or you're going to a man. But what God has revealed is that when it comes to the gift of mercy, God alone forgives, but he does so through the sacrament where he's meeting us in the flesh of the priest through whom the Lord is at work. So it's not one or the other, but both and. But we can get into a lot of trouble when we begin to think that we're forced into one or the other. Here's why I share all of that, because praying through the gospel this week, I, I was thinking, gosh, you know, this is one of those passages where I think that, that a lot of us can begin to think, based on what Jesus says, that it has to be one or the other. So in the gospel, Jesus said to his apostles, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And if you love your own life more than me, you're not worthy of me. And I, I think maybe we, we can hear that. And even though Jesus doesn't say it, I think that maybe we can slip into a way of thinking, gosh, Lord, it sounds like you're asking me to make a choice between either loving my family or loving you. 
But that's not what the Lord is doing here at all. That, that's, not, that's not what he's up to. But I know a lot of times it can happen that we mistakenly slip into that thought that we have to choose between God or loving our family. We have to choose between the Lord or loving the life that he's given, given to us. You know, in marriage, I've seen spouses who have felt that they've had to make a choice. Like, sometimes there's a conversion well into marriage, the husband or the wife, something begins to happen and get stirred up in their hearts. They begin to, to kind of get renewed in their faith. And the other spouse sometimes can force a choice. Sometimes it's out of jealousy. There can be resentment. But it can happen where a husband or a wife is left feeling, gosh, I feel like I've got to choose one or the other. And the Lord just doesn't want it that way. He didn't design it to be that way at all. So what is Jesus saying here then? If it's not either or, then, then what, what is it that he's trying to teach us? And here I, I think is this. I think what he's telling us is, it's not either or. I want you to love both me and your family, but I want you to keep the proper order in the way that you love. And that's really what he's speaking of here. Not either or, but a proper ordering. And so he's saying, don't be afraid to love me first and love me best. Don't be afraid of that. Because when you do that, you're actually then, you're able to love your family, to love your neighbor, to love your own life in a far greater way if you're willing to first love me and, and love, love me best. And around that, there can be a lot of fear. There, there's a real act of faith here. Like I remember when my own conversion was unfolding at the end of college, there was a lot of fear. Lord, I'm, I, if, if I try to put you first in my life, like I'll just be honest, Lord, I, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on all of the good stuff in life. And that was a, a very real fear because it's what the world says. If you choose God, well, get ready. Life's going to be boring, unfulfilling. And I, I, I believe that. And there was a lot of fear in my own heart that the Lord had to overcome to get me to a point where I would be willing to, to trust him and try to let him be first in my life, that I would try to love him first and, and love him best. The truth is this, that loving God doesn't take away from loving family, from loving others, or from loving and fully enjoying the gift of life that he's given to you. When we start with God, and we let everything be built on that, a whole new beautiful life opens up for us. And that's, that's what he wants us to know, to not be afraid of, of love, loving him first and loving him best. An example, I know like with a bunch of our kids, like you guys love Legos, everyone loves Legos. And you know, the, the, the awesome thing about Legos, it's one of those, as the educators tell us, it's one of those unstructured kinds of play. Like some games, you can only play one way. And you, you've noticed, parents, you, your kids get bored with that really quickly. Well, we did it. We know how it works. Legos are awesome because there's like infinite possibilities. So if you're building something with Legos or... I looked for our big Dupo blocks in the childcare room. They were gone. Father Michael took them during lockdown, I think. So when, you, when you're building stuff... Like, imagine that you're, you've got in your mind the most amazing castle that you could ever dream of. But what would happen, what would happen if you said, you know what, I'm going to start 
Like I'm picturing this giant tower, big pointy top and a flag up there. I'm going to start by building the top first. And you're like, yes, this is the way it's going to go. And this is the top of it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to build there. And then I'm going to go ahead and let that go. And then I'm going to get back to the other stuff. What, what happens if you're building with Legos and you try to start with something at the top first? What happens? Basic physics here. Anybody. You do not have to be under seven. Yes. If you start at the top and there's nothing underneath of it, what happens? Yeah, it's all going to fall just like it fell here. Yeah. Good, thank you. You're right. It's all going to fall. What, what do you need to hold it up? You need support beams. You need a base. Yeah, exactly. And see, I know this is a silly image, but this, this is a way of understanding what the Lord is teaching us. He says, look, if you love me first, love me best, I, I, I will be that whole foundation for your life. I'll be that solid foundation. I'll be the walls. I'll be the cross beams. And then with that in place, I I want you to build the most amazing stuff with your life. I want you to have the best marriage you could ever have. I want you to have the best relationship with your kids that you could ever have, with your neighbors, with your coworkers. I want you to have a life that is infinitely more fulfilling than you ever thought possible. But the only way that that can happen is if... We're not afraid to start with the Lord, to love him first, love him best. And he tells us, if we don't do it that way, the natural result, like, you know, there's natural law, like these building blocks are not going to hold themselves up on their own. Spiritually, there, there are spiritual laws at work that you and I cannot get around. And so Jesus says in the gospel today, he says, if you put the seeking after your own life first, In fact, you're going to lose it. But if you seek me first, you'll find your life. There's a paradox there for for us who so often think in only an earthly way. What, in your life right now, what are the things that have gotten out of order? What are the things right now that the Lord needs your permission to begin putting back in a proper order? What does your heart love before it loves the Lord? The answers are going to be the, the, the things that we hear all the time. It, it, it could be that we are looking for a, a sense of fulfillment in our own life that, that, that can only happen if we are totally in charge. So it could be love of our own life, our career. It could be love of material things, obviously. There can be other people. There can be relationships in your life that are getting in the way of of the Lord. And not necessarily that that relationship has to go, although in some cases, if it's a relationship that's built on sin, yeah, that's got to go. But it can happen that that there are good relationships that we've just let get ahead of the Lord. What's the stuff in your life right now that is in need of that, that healing and that reordering? Your heart was made to love, but it was made to love in, in a proper order. And just sometimes things get out of order in our life. So I, I, I want to invite us as we're continuing to pray through Mass, especially at Holy Communion, 
to ask the Lord for that gift of healing that we need in order to, to let him begin reordering things. It probably won't happen overnight. Life is complicated, and, and things usually don't immediately get solved like a light switch going on or off. But if we allow the Lord permission, he, he's going to begin to work. And it won't be a one-time permission that you give him. Like, as my conversion was unfolding, even though I got off the fence, Lord, I'm willing to trust you, the number of times I got back on the fence was crazy. So we just have to keep giving that commitment over and over to him again. But don't be afraid of following the Lord as as he calls you out to love him first and to love him best because our life is going to be so much more amazing when we're not afraid to do that. Here's a great quote I'll end with this from C.S. Lewis who wrestled with this whole question. The accusation that, you know, if Christians really follow the gospel, they're going to be so focused on Jesus that the world around them is going to be all the worse. So listen to, to what C.S. Lewis says, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither.